Welcome to the Bregman Leadership Podcast. I'm Peter Bregman, your host and CEO of Bregman Partners. This podcast is part of my mission to help you get massive traction on the things that matter most. Our guest today on the Bregman Leadership Podcast is Dr. Bob Nelson. I'm fortunate to call Bob a friend. He's the president of Nelson Motivation, a management training and consulting company based in San Diego, California. And he's a leading authority on topics of employee engagement, motivation, recognition, and retention. His books have sold more than 5 million copies. So he is having an impact in the world of employee engagement and motivation. And he has come out with a new book, uh, 1001 Ways to Engage Employees, Help People Do Better What They Do Best. We're both holding up a copy of it. So there you go. Last That's two copies. Like, the last two <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That's the book. And, and it's filled with stories and, you know, it's about engaging employees and Bob is, you know, an engaged person himself, as you'll soon learn. So, Bob, welcome to the Bregman Leadership Podcast. Thank you so much, Peter. A delight to finally make this happen. So, Bob, I'm curious for you to just give us a fast overview of the book. Like, what, what is, you know, the, maybe the title speaks for itself to some degree, but what's this book about? The big idea. Well, the, the big idea is engagement's a big topic in business today. It's about a $400 billion topic. That's the estimated loss of productivity because of un- disengaged employees in America today. About 30% are engaged. This is Gallup talking. Uh, uh, about um, 50% are, are disengaged. And 20% are actively disengaged, almost to the point of sabotage or bad-mouthing management or grousing and all that stuff. All, all the stuff that we've all seen, you know, in different forms. Uh, the more that you get going, the more it becomes contagious and kind of brings the whole organization down. So certainly doesn't have everyone focused on the strategic objectives to make us more successful. It has if you're just, you know, you can't stand your boss and hate your peers and stuff like that. So... Um, so the, the topic of engagement was really, I feel, kind of created by Gallup back uh, about uh, 20, 22 years ago with the publication of First Break All the, All the Rules by Marcus Buckingham and uh, his co-author. And uh, longitudinal, long-term study, extensive, extensively researched, very well done uh, book that basically uh, they, they created, uh, they looked at highly successful companies and compared them to ones in the same industry to ones that are lesser ran. Okay, great premise. And what distinguishes these two groups of people? These two companies, and they and they noodled out uh, twelve key variables that Q12. they call like the Q twelve. Yes, and and if you do these things, you'll be more like this this group and less like that group, and off we go. So um, now the only the only rub on the whole thing is that the numbers I just gave you in terms of the amount of engagement that's basically what it was when they started, and now we're twenty some years later. And they haven't really moved. So now, why is that? That begs and, and, a lot of questions. Yeah, and, and and the first the first being maybe we're doing the wrong things to try to change it. And so as I, I got into it, explored it, what it's become is really a business of measuring engagement and not actually moving the needle on higher engagement. Is is my conclusion. So and, in other words, it's in Gallup's interest to keep the number low. 
Well, you know, of course, if they were on the line, they'd probably disagree, and they would tell you that if you work with them, uh, your numbers will be higher, and I'm sure they are. But in general, there's still a lot of disengagement out there, right. and it still is only only like a third of employees. That has it's been 29 to 31 percent over 22 years that are engaged, and and so I'm I'm, I'm saying, well, okay, whatever you're doing, uh, this what is this topic of engagement? What are the the specific main drivers of that and then what does that look like when people do it and then and then we make it a lot clearer so don't give me any theories let's not do any workshops let's just look at that at people that are doing it well and uh maybe emulate what they're doing and and that's and that's that's my that's my, what the book uh, is about. my whole model and so i i started with a regression analysis of of uh survey data from six million uh, uh engagement surveys and and regression analysis about which of these most impact the end target of engaged employees and and came out um, the top 10 categories uh, are, are the first 10 chapters of the book. So this cut to the chase to say, here's what engagement looks like. And then within each one of those chapters, here's exactly what uh, uh, someone doing this chapter well, here's what they're doing. Here's what they say. Here's what the, uh, and, and, and try this. You could do any of these. And, and uh, that's, uh, it's a conversation starter. And you could take the book. And, and so the, the first chapter is recognition, which I loved because that's, I'm the recognition guy. And I did my doctoral dissertation on that topic. And, and actually, it's the it's the largest variable that if you nail if you try to have a more engaged environment, be very good at recognition. That's the big foundation. Fifty six percent of the overall impact of, of people being engaged is how well they've been recognized. Well, what does that mean? Well, it means thanking them when they do a good job. Okay, we're done. You know, and in fact, uh, I'm I'm not sure if you made the with the MG hundred. Did you make it to Phoenix? Uh, I, I have made it to Phoenix. I don't know. You know, there's been a couple of trips to Phoenix, but I'm not sure. Okay. But I've definitely been there. Well, the last one we had, uh, we had Alan. Alan Mulally. Yeah. Yeah, Mulally from um, CEO, CEO of, of Ford. He was previously the CEO of Boeing. Boeing. And, and actually, and so as he talked, someone asked him, I, I think it was Chester, actually, well, what, what about incentives? What do you do to, to reinforce the desired behavior you want? And literally, he said, all you have to do is thank people. People want to do a good job, and they want to be thanked for doing a good job. Just thank them, is what he said. Thank them, and thank them again, and just just do that. You know? And he was he was impassioned about it because you don't have to have a big system. You don't have to spend a lot of money on the on the party, and you know you just thank them. And I was like going, yes, here's here's a guy, and the and the create he he's the guy that created the 787, which has four million parts. And they all have to work so the thing flies, you know. So this guy has been driving the initiatives and teams and people, and and it's th that this, simple. This, this is that simple. It's I, that you simple. know, I, we tend to muck up the works and say, well, it's got to be expensive. And and what organizations often do is say, well, we got we got a problem. Well, let's spend money on the problem. You know, it's, then we can say we did something. And then and then if if what you're spending is is money to measure, you know, you could spend 300000 and measure everyone on engagement, and you did it last year, you'll do it next year, and no one's going to tell you to stop spending, Gallup's not going to tell you to stop spending that money, but if you step back from it and say, what do we get for that, and are there other approaches that we could get something better? And, and so I'm saying, hey, time out, <laughs> let's take a break, let's take a step back from this, and if you really want this to be, you want to be a culture of engagement, you got to do the 
the behaviors, actions that lead to that, that lead to the, the people being inspired. And, and, and I've done my best to put that in priority order with clear, specific examples with the company's reference. And you know what? You can contact the company and they'll probably be delighted to, to say more to, with you. You know, So that's great. So look, as a, as, first of all, as an immediate takeaway for anybody listening, super easy thing to do. Think of someone in your life anybody, doesn't have to be at work, anybody for whom you are thankful. And thank sometime today, after listening to this, sometime today, thank them. It could be as simple as just saying, hey, thanks a lot for X, or just thank you. And look yeah. for that opportunity, and you'll already be putting some of the lessons of this book into practice. But and if it's a I'm, mentor you had, if it's a, if it's a parent, if it's a sibling, uh, do it sooner. Because my observation in, on this whole topic in life is that we, we tend to take the people that are most important to us for our happiness and success for granted. For granted. And the so, longer they're in our life until one day they're not in our life anymore, you know. And, hey, we didn't get a chance to really tell them, you know, and, and they, any, whoever they are, they would love to hear from you. I guarantee you to call and say, you know, I was just thinking in terms of who's really helped me the most in my life. And you were in the top of the list, you know, and I wanted to call you and tell you and thank you for that. And they'll be surprised and delighted and you'll have a great talk with them. And wow, you just made a, a relationship, an important relationship, a little bit a little stronger. Bit better. It's great. You know, this has been a passion of yours for as long as I've known you. And I'm curious about What's drawn you to this? Everybody gets drawn to their work for lots of different reasons. And, and you've you know, written a bunch of books and you've really put them out there and they're all sort of focused in the same realm. And I'm, I'm curious about you know, what experiences in your life or growing up or what, what you've noticed that has drawn you to really kind of commit so much of your life to this. Well, I think I've been drawn in my whole life to simple proven principles that actually work that people aren't doing <laughs> so and this is one of those uh positive reinforcement what could be easier thanks someone when they do a good job uh you know actually is voltaire in the 1700s that said a common sense isn't common often common practice and so is the case and so when i when i got working i worked in a couple of corporations and uh, sure enough i i saw that the things that are most powerful you get what you reward is the most powerful principle of management that we've ever known. We've got 300 studies that say it works. What you, what you inspect, what you acknowledge, what you uh, incentivize, you will get more of it in any given relationship, in your team, in the organization. So, why, why, so my question, and this is why I did my doctoral work on, why don't managers do this? This is like a, a magic switch. And, and so I, I did a three-year study just to answer that one simple question. And, and I looked at... Uh, I looked at 47 national companies, and each one I, I, uh, I had a three-way validation to find people that were good at this, and in the same organization, find people that were not good at it, including a self-evaluation, a, a sponsor, and up to 16 of their direct reports. So ended up, it took me a year to set it up. So now I got two camps of people, people that do it, people that don't. And then often, you know, the people that don't do it, they know they don't do it, and they don't want to do it, and they don't think it's their job to do it. And, and so that, that's why I tried to noodle out. Well, why, is, why are these people doing it and these people aren't? And, and what I found was it was uh, very eye-opening stuff I still use to this day for uh, managers that, that don't do it. They, they, uh, top of the, the, the list was that they weren't sure how to do it well. What's it mean to recognize someone? Do I have to hug them? You know, what are you talking about? You know, they know that they're important to me. Do they? You know, when's the last time you told them that? You know, so one, they don't know how to do it well. Secondly, 
Um, they don't really believe it's as important as I'm saying. Third, they, they really don't have time to do this. And, and tell me who has time to do things they don't believe are important to begin with, right? So it's, we're in a catch-22 already. No one does it for them. They think that you know, someone else in, in the company should be doing this, HR or my manager or the CEO, and, and the whole laundry list. You know? Now, if you look at the group of the people that do do it, it's not a mere image. It's right. a different thing. The, the number one denominator, the common element between all managers that use recognition with their immediate staff was one thing. They believed it. They believed it was critical. They believed as a leader, they were responsible for the motivational environment for the people that worked for them. And they believed it so much. All our, all our behaviors stem from our beliefs. They so believed it so much, just, it impacted their behavior. So in other words, if you're just recognizing someone because you read in a book that you should recognize them, that that's probably not going to be as effective as if you are actually recognizing them because you actually recognize them. Meaning that we've got to do some internal work to say, appreciate the people around you before you thank them. Don't thank them, you know, because you've been told that's something to do, because ultimately that will ring hollow. Exactly, and that and that becomes a little a source to dig in because uh, people will take different messages from it. So okay, I got that, I can do that, and and then the way they do it is you know every Tuesday afternoon they come out of their office. Everyone's doing a great job, okay? Right. If if you don't hear from me, assume you're doing a great job. That's what sometimes that people do, and and well, that's not quite going to get it, you know, because probably everyone isn't doing a great job, and the people that are you haven't called out, and the people that aren't maybe they're dragging everyone else down, and maybe you should be having a discipline thing or a coaching thing, or maybe you should fire them. Sometimes the most powerful thing you do to energize your whole group is get rid of the person that's been coasting for two years that everyone's had to cover for them. Right. And wow, never, hey, wow, well, now we're getting some progress here. People, because everyone knows who it is and everyone else has to, you know, they're, they're coming late, they've got cover for them and, and it gets tired, it gets right. bored. And, and, and if you want a high performing team, you got you to gotta take care of the weak links. You All know, right, Bob, just... here's what we're going to do. We're going to do one minute rounds, one <laughs> okay. minute or less. I'm going to give you one of your dimensions and you tell me, <laughs> right? I'm giving only one minute. You tell me, tell me a story from one of these because your book is filled with stories. Tell me a story from each one of these that exemplifies how to do it well. Okay. Okay. So we already did recognition, which is Alan Mulally and you saying, thank you. Right. Well, That's... no, let me give you another one. Recognition. Okay. Cause I got, so, you know, real fast the, recognition 1501 ways. So, uh, I was working with HP. I ran to a software engineer. He, he, he told me his, his manager, um, called him in his office one day. He didn't know why. And he handed him, uh, or, or he busted, burst into his manager's office and said, you won't believe it. I found that software bug. He'd been working on it for weeks. Uh, the manager knowing the importance of a timely recognition, wanted to do something then and there, not the end of the month, end of the quarter, not, not the end of the year. That's ancient history. You got to capture the moment in the, in the moment. Groups around on his desk. The manager does hands this software engineer, a banana from his lunch with the words, great job. I knew you can do it. Now, that sounds pretty silly for your boss to hand you a banana. It was not silly to this guy that got it. He showed everyone the banana the boss gave him and why. It took on a life and a story today in that division, Sunnyville, California, the, the number one uh, form of recognition for, for technical engineers is the Golden Banana Award. I love it. I love it. And it's, you know, and it, it, it also speaks to the fact that if you do story-worthy things, if you recognize people in story-worthy ways, it'll, it'll spread like virus. Career development. Yes. I, I was working with American Express, 
and they um, through a survey of their employees, they they learned that they want more more development, more development. They want to learn skills. They want to have a career path, and they asked a uh, a simple, silly question that I I encourage again, simple, powerful, but simple. If we could be better at this principle, career development, what would it look like? That's what they didn't know the answer. They just asked that question. They could say, well, we're already are good at, but they said no. And they brainstormed and they prioritized. And, okay, this one, the way we delegate, we need to delegate differently. So regardless of how you learned to delegate or didn't learn how to delegate as a, as a leader, at American Express now, they teach you a, a delegation style. When you give someone an assignment, you can plop it on their desk and say, hey, bad news, Tony, you got to do inventory. Do I have to? Yeah, everyone's got their time in the bucket. And now the guy's dreading it before he even starts. Or same exact example, you say, Tony, we got inventory coming up. I immediately thought of you uh, we, because we've talked about where you want to go in the organization. I know you want to get into management. A key skill set to get there in our organization is inventory or IT or sales or whatever it is. I thought this would be the perfect opportunity for you to pick up those skills. And again, I think I would imagine it has to be very sincere, meaning if you're just trying to spin it, it's not going to trick to get them work. to take on more work. It's not going to work. But but if you, if you do this and, and you say, now, Tony, it's it's actually, whatever you're doing now, I expect that to be done. So if this isn't a good time, just say the word. I'm not going to hold you to it. You, you're involving You're pulling them into it. You're giving them choice. It's great. And also, you know, it seems like just the just the fact that the way they started it was by pulling everybody together and saying, what's the one thing that we can do to improve career development is already engaging people because you're letting yeah, them but, come but up with the But what happens on that, and they, they had some managers that, that they actually had managers that were good at career development, but they weren't very good at talking about it. So they'd be thinking to people, they wouldn't be, right. they wouldn't be giving the context. They actually called this delegation uh, uh, technique, they called it label and link. Label the opportunity and link it to someone who you know that will be important to. Powerful, very powerful. That's great. I love it. One's immediate manager. We're going down the list from most important to less important. Yes, and uh, from my, my research, actually from Gallup's research, they would say this is the most important, that, that one's immediate manager because there's a whole bucket of things going on. The most important for any person in, in their job is, is the person to report to. That, that's the conduit to the rest of the organization. So I love it. So a, give us a story where this really made a difference. I'll give you a, I'll give you a fun one uh, from the uh, – because a lot of employees go, well, if my, you know, my manager uh, doesn't do it, so I'm screwed. You know? and so so I, I know an employee that – that their manager never did this and never they never recognized him, they never uh, gave him feedback. And so they went and talked to him and said, you know, I'm committed to do my best here for you. It would really help me a lot if you gave me timely feedback when I finished a project or I did something that would, I would, I would personally appreciate that. Would you be willing to do that? And the manager said, yeah, of course. I didn't know that was important to you. And so now, Essentially, she trained her manager to give her something that that made her more effective, so she could do a better job for him. It's also so. a great lesson that that like if you're junior in an organization and you don't you're not getting something that you need from your manager, don't you have one manager and your manager probably has ten you know direct reports. So if you raise it to your manager's level, your manager will more than likely comply, and it will be helpful to the manager. So ask for what you need. And inevitably, the manager will learn from it, and then maybe they'll start doing it with all employees. This is why find happens. So, you know, so I'll give you another related example. So uh, next time there's a client in your in your office, and and maybe your manager happens to bring him by your office and and explain the, what you do on the project. Thank him for that. 
they Great. man just did recognition too so hey it really meant it meant a lot to me when you brought uh, our client by and and it was great to hear what how you saw my role on the project and what i did thank you so much i guarantee you next time there's a client in the office they're making a beeline to your office you right. know because managers are trainable right it goes both ways it's actually a profound thought that it's not the manager's job to just engage all the employees it's actually also the employee's job to engage the manager, meaning it's everybody's job to engage everybody. That's like pretty profound. You know, uh, Marshall did the forward to the book that we've been talking about, and, and he, he believes strongly that where we missed it on engagement is how we set it up. All the questions are, are, are you getting, uh, do you have clear goals? Do you get the tools you need to do a good job? And, and uh, if you go, no, I'm not, then, then uh, why, why, aren't you, why don't you have clear goals? And inevitably, because, well, my manager kind of changes the game every other week, and the company doesn't quite, it's not clear where we're going. And so all of it comes back to the company. And so the person's off the hook. And then if, you, if, you, if, the, if the company works on that, okay, we to clarify goals and, and do a training on that. And then, and then come back and ask the employee again, well, how, how are the goals now? Well, they're a little better, but you got to do more. You know, Now they're off the hook again. <laughs> so you're creating an entitlement culture. So, yeah, you, you keep working hard. I'm, I'm showing up for work, and, and no, I'm, I still don't feel very involved. You, know, you need more to involve me. You know? Which also goes to the fact – it also goes to the fact that it's the manager's job not just to motivate or engage, but to create an environment that's self-motivating and self-engaging so that they're not the one having to like light the fire under, under everybody every day. It's like that's, one that's, of my other yeah. books I did is please don't just do what I tell you to do. Do what needs to be done. And it's making the point that, hey, we hired you. Wherever we hired you for, it was already out of date before the ink was dry. Why we really hired you, we think that you're bright. And we think that you can make it, you can look at the bigger picture of what we're trying to do here and make suggestions to streamline processes, to, to make cost savings examples. You can uh, help us uh, better serve the customer. So regardless of what your job is, we all got to be doing these things. So, but, so keep that in mind when you're looking for something to do. Thank you. I so appreciate that. Folks, we have been through three of 10 strategies. So there's a lot more in this book, which is filled with with Bob's passion and with Bob's stories that you've gotten a taste of here. The book is 1001 Ways to Engage Employees, Help People Do Better what they do best. And it's a really fun read. Bob, thank you so much for being on the Bregman Leadership Podcast. Peter, my pleasure. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Bregman Leadership Podcast. If you did, it would really help us if you subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. A common problem that I see in companies is a lot of busyness, a lot of hard work that fails to move the organization as a whole forward. That's the problem that we solve with our Big Arrow process. For more information about that or to access all of my articles, videos, and podcasts, visit peterbregman.com. Thank you, Claire Marshall, for producing this episode, and thank you for listening.